1: Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia
0: Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome.
2: Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living. If you're on the West Coast, we're in the morning, and if you're on the East Coast, we're at two in the afternoon. And I have the distinct pleasure to interview today Michelle Tamarin. She is an acclaimed author and keynote speaker who weaves the science and spirit of happiness and well-being with inspiration for living our best lives starting now. Michelle's most recent book, which we're talking about today, is Extraordinary, An End-of-Life Story Without End. This is a mystical memoir about the miracle of love and compassion and even death cannot destroy. Herman Liss, Michelle's treasured stepdad, became a healer and a teacher in his mid-90s as his life was coming to completion. In just one week, Herman lost his beloved, his health, his home, and his independence. Yet over the next 18 months, Herman reclaimed his life and taught his family, caregivers, and a young boy that it's one's own heart, it makes the extra, the ordinary extraordinary. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Yeah, great, great to have you on. All you were a so in- for me. Yeah, you were so inspired. The first word of the title is pronounced extraordinary. And Herman yeah. thought of himself as an ordinary man, but you you ask people in the preface, is he ordinary? And you decide, which is what you ask readers to decide. How was he both ordinary and extraordinary? Patricia, Herman was a
1: beautifully humble man. And when people spoke to him about all of the gifts that he shared with them and would say to him, Herman, you're amazing, you're so special. And by the way, Herman was then 94 Mm. And Herman said, no, I'm just an ordinary man. Mm. Mm. And and yet the rest of us knew there was a brilliant light about him, a loving kindness and compassion that was deeply and truly extraordinary and healing. Mm.
2: Mm. Now, Herman and your mother married on his 65th birthday and your mother was 55 so their marriage lasted for 28 years until Betty passed now as she grew ill uh, his love deepened for her and that was difficult for the end of her life so you know it's easy to love when there's health and good fortune but it's not so easy to love when your heart is breaking um what do you think what does it mean to you
1: When they married, Herman and my mom had both embraced a second chance at love. Herman's first wife died on their very first wedding anniversary. Mm. And my mom had been in a marriage of 25 years to my biological father that was very difficult. Mm. So when Herman and Betty met... And fell in love. For them, it was pure wonder at this second chance. And they were married for 28 years. And the first 25, until my mom was in her mid-80s and my dad 93, the first 25 years were good and happy years. And then my mom became very, very ill. As a result Mm. of diabetes. In the last three years of my mom's life, my dad, Herman, tended to her lovingly, gently, compassionately, fully, and attentively with his whole heart. Mm. And it was not always easy. He himself, at that age, in his mid-90s, started to become physically infirm. And my mom was in much pain, and she was on OxyContin. That affected her mind, so yeah. that her normally spontaneous and, and loving and gentle personality, and vibrant personality, turned. And she said things and acted in ways that were not who she was and, and could have been interpreted as hurtful, but Herman mm-hmm. did not allow himself to see it that way, yeah. and he just loved her even more, understanding that this yeah. pain was not of
2: her doing. Well, that's, that really is remarkable, isn't it? That really is, it is. Michelle.
0: It's it remarkable. It
2: is, yeah. Uh, because it, it, it's difficult when you have a loved one, and whether it's a spouse, or it's a parent, or a child. Yes. That you know, will say things that aren't kind and mm-hmm. even though you know they don't mean it, it's yes. it's not an easy thing to go through because it's they're so close to you. That it's right. hard not to take it personally. It's so hard. And I have to be
1: very honest, that when my mom spoke sharply to Herman, I I gasped because uh. he was he was ever present him and he would say to me don't be upset he said I can take this he said this is not mama speaking mm. she's not realizing what she's saying mm. and he yep. he would be there to make her meals and, and literally to put the food in her mouth
2: mm. a- as
1: though feeding a baby bird that's how gentle he
2: was mm. Wow, what a blessing. Oh, yes. Think about it. Yes. A blessing. Yeah, that's a very, that's a tough, very tough thing. It is. Now, faith and fate play a huge role throughout the book. What do you mean? Both Herman and Betty
1: were filled with faith. Now, Herman was very religious. He was an Orthodox Jew. My mom was not religious at all. However, she was deeply spiritual. So their faith came together in a love for for the mystery, for the unseen, for the divine, and in shared values, in, in that which was most meaningful to them, a faith in the power of love, in compassion, in goodness and kindness for all people. And they also believed in miracles. And mm-hmm. they believed it was a miracle that brought the two of them together later in life. Mm-hmm. And, and even when my mom became so very ill, Herman repeatedly would say, when, when the doctors would say, you know, Betty may never walk again, he would say, we believe in miracles. And, amazingly, mm-hmm. she did walk. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the fate piece, the fact that it seemed as though they were meant to be together. Mm. If fate somehow intervened and enabled them to live a life of, of love and joy. The fact that they, they had faith and fate opened up the opportunities. And I love the the expression that luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. Yeah. And yeah. they were both prepared to love. This was who they were. Yeah. And the opportunity to meet happened.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I was just together. talking about that with someone recently, about how important it is um, to be ready. That, you know, if you if you're not ready, you won't meet someone. You've got to really have your heart open and be ready mm. to make that kind of commitment. And it takes courage. It takes tremendous courage. Now, were both your mother and Herman single for a long time?
1: My mom mom had been divorced from my biological father for three years when she met Herman. And Herman's wife had died a year before he and my mom met and very honestly both of them were were frightened they were scared herman had not married for the first time until he was 60
2: and then as i said his wife died on oh, their first oh, anniversary interesting. and
1: interesting. was
2: he was a single man until he was 60 yeah he often said he was having
1: such a he often said he was having such a great time in life that <laughs> he just you know, He That's wasn't amazing. ready to marry until later in life, so he was scared having having lost his wife so mm. lost his wife so recently. And my mom, after twenty five years of a
2: most difficult marriage, she too was was frightened. And it is amazing, even though obviously their hearts were opened, it's amazing that their hearts were opened. Yes, you're you know, right. When they were both scared. That's
1: absolutely true. And and that value of of love and faith somehow allowed them to very gingerly walk toward each other with with a smile and an open heart. And it did take some time. They got to know each other over a period of nearly three years before they decided yes they would marry.
2: Now, in the book, you talk about Michael. Explain who Michael is and Mm -hmm. how Michael met Herman because of a school
0: service.
1: Yes. After my mom died, one week to the day of her funeral, Herman suffered a serious stroke. Mm -hmm. And so in in just a matter of days, his whole life turned upside down, losing my mom and then losing his his health and his home and his independence and he also lost his will to live because without my mom he really saw no reason to go on because Herman couldn't walk after the stroke he lived in a nursing home he moved from the apartment where he and my mom lived so happily to a nursing home and Oh, for weeks and and months, he he despaired. Well, after about four months in the nursing home, a young boy came in. He had been assigned by his middle school to go to an elder care facility, meet someone, do a essentially an observation sure. after meeting and speaking to this person, go home, write a paper, and then hand it in the next day and there was no obligation or even thought about continuing the visits but when Herman who at that time was 93 and Michael almost 13 when they met Mm. that first day they looked in each other's eyes and they fell in love with each other Mm. and Michael as young as he was made a pledge to himself that he would return to visit Herman every week for the rest of Herman's life. Mm. And Michael did, and he came back during summer vacations and school vacations for the next 18 months, Mm. the remainder of Herman's life.
2: Mm. Mm. What, What has Michael, when you've talked to him, What impact has he said that Herman has left on him? Has he verbalized that? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, Michael is my co-author. So
1: Michael wrote chapters in the book from his own memory, his own sweet experiences with Herman, who really became his mentor. So the Mm. two of them would sit and, and share their dreams, their hopes, and their memories. Now Michael is 23 and he he is studying for his master of fine arts degree at Portland State University and he's teaching. He's teaching college students and Michael and I speak very often and he tells me that when there's a dilemma in his life, when he's not quite certain which way to turn, He will ask himself, if he were sitting next to Herman now, as a young man, sharing his quandary with Herman, how would Herman advise him? (laughs) Because he tells me that Herman, Herman was, for him, a combination of dear uncle, grandfather, best friend, and that Herman's wisdom... And light and love are with him still and will be throughout his entire
2: life. They talk mm. all the time. I've heard this before, and I've interviewed authors before. There's a woman I interviewed whose sister died when she was 13, and the woman was 15 at the time, and she said she communicates with her sister all the time. Yes. and wrote a book about it. Yes. Yeah, it really enriches your life. You know, in Extraordinary, a multitude of healing elements are at play. Touch and prayer and memory and deep listening and presence are just a few. How do these and other modalities help to create a sense of peace and well-being for people?
1: Well, that's a a profound question, Patricia, because Herman's... In knowing that holding someone's hand, people would come to him, his caregivers would come to him and would just spontaneously share their, their deepest pain and confusion. And he would reach out and hold their hands and they would come visit him during their lunch hour. They would come and bring their families on weekends. And he would listen. He would gaze into their eyes. He would affirm that what they were experiencing was was real and, and important and, yes, hurtful. Well, it's so interesting because there is a new science, positive psychology. Mm-hmm. It's a science well. of happiness and, and well-being, yeah. and it's research-based, so you know that the research that's coming out now indicates that all of these attributes that Herman shared, the caring, the compassion, the touch, the deep listening, the discovery, the realization now is that these elements of connection bring about healing for Mm -hmm. all of us. We're hardwired for connection, for touch, for Another's presence. And we heal
2: truly only in the presence and and the support of others. And what's interesting, Michelle, is what you just said is so true and it's so needed. You would think that we would know that and do that instinctively, and we Mm -hmm. don't. We don't. We don't. You're right,
1: Patricia. And we do need it. And it's because we either haven't received the love... Mm-hmm. or we don't know how to share the love, that there's an overwhelming sense of isolation mm-hmm. in, in our country. And, and it's very sad, and it's leading to very, very serious ramifications. So, you know, an overabundance of disorders, eating disorders, yes, uh, addictive disorders, mm-hmm. shopping obsessions. Many of the addictions. Yes, many, many addictions. Trying to fill ourselves in ways that are not natural to the
2: human system. And, and, you know, when you speak about connection, and we talk about community and connection and belonging, that was such an essential component of your book, family and friends, religious affiliations, and also relationships to caregivers. I mean, this was pivotal in the essence of your story. How did Herman and the community influence each other? When friends and caregivers
1: would come initially thinking that they were coming to tend to Herman, and I'm including hospice workers Mm -hmm. and religious leaders, rabbis, and, and chaplains of a wide variety of faiths. They came initially thinking that they were there for Herman. And when I would thank them for coming and for spending their precious time with him, with tears in their eyes, Patricia, they would say to me, please don't thank me. You have no idea what Herman has done for me personally. Mm-hmm. How Herman asks about me And how I'm doing. And he really wants to know. He really cares. So as Herman was dying, he was a brilliant light in the lives of so many. And he's been gone now for nine years. Mm. I still see people who tended to him. Chaplains. and and hospice workers and nurses, they tell me that his face and his essence are still with them. And they have served thousands of people over the years, but it was his warmth and his goodness and his kindness that enabled them sometimes to reclaim their lives or even to find their lives. Or, in the case of one woman who I wrote about, a nurse, in uh, who was his nurse, who was going through a very, very difficult relationship, he gently gave her the courage to extricate herself from an abusive relationship mm-hmm. and start a new life, mm-hmm. and she has. It's amazing.
2: How did you? How did your friends help you sustain yourself? during this difficult time when, you know, you describe in the book that friends become your family. And yes. research does tell us that deep friendships will enhance our lives and our health. So how have mm-hmm. your friends helped you? I have a very small family. And
1: really I was I was the one who was caring for both Herman and my mom Betty, as, as Herman was caring for Betty, I was caring for both of them. And then when my mom died, I was, I was the one to care for Herman. And my husband was very supportive and helpful, but I was the one who was there day after day after day. And my friends stepped in as, as dear sisters would. And because they loved my parents so very much, in fact they adopted them and and called them therapy parents because they mm. were for them. Mm. So when I had to be away for work or 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 for other reasons if I had to travel, invariably my friends would be there. I knew every day another friend would be there to sit with Herman to listen to him, to love him, and to receive from him. And it, it gave me such a, a sense of peace. And in addition, they listened gently and with deep, deep caring. To me, when I shared the the pain, the, the sense of loss that I was enduring. you know, I had just lost my mom when... When Herman had the stroke, so I did not even have time to mourn yeah. my mother. Mm-hmm. My friends understood that, and they listened. And you had your friends. I had like, my friends.
2: On page 215, there's a list of 12 never-ending truths of Herman list. Yeah. And I'm going to read them and yeah. get your opinion. Have faith, love tenderly. Number three, respect everyone. Four, express gratitude. Five, embody kindness. Six, embrace hope. Seven, forgive fully. Eight, invite joy. Nine, be curious. Ten, treasure life. Eleven, live now. And twelve, know yourself. They're beautiful. Are these ones that Herman had said, had stated?
1: Oh, it was deeper than that. This is how Herman lived. Herman lived love. Mm. He was the epitome of loving kindness and tenderness, Mm. of faith, of respect. And Herman's favorite words were, thank you. And it didn't matter what was done for him. It could have been as simple as someone... In the nursing home, bringing him a glass of water, he would take their hand and look into their eyes and say thank you with such depth that they understood his deep, deep gratitude, and, and they would smile. And so he he didn't lecture; he lived and he
2: modeled. Yeah. You know, he described happiness, as you said, but you said it a little bit shorter, that appreciating all of the good life in your own life and helping to make life good for others, which he certainly did every day. How did this philosophy guide him at the very end of his life, Michelle? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, in fact, just days
1: before he died, I said to him, Dad, you make people so happy. They light up when they see you. And I asked him, Dad, what is happiness? And so these were his words. He said, happiness is appreciating all of the good in your own life and helping to make life good for others. So even at the end, when he could no longer walk, when he was having problems breathing, When his energy ebbed, he still appreciated that there were people who loved him, who came to be with him. He appreciated every bite of food that he took. He appreciated the birds that came to the bird feeder outside of his nursing home window. He appreciated the simplest things in life. And even at that point, toward the very end, he made people Smile and laugh and appreciate the good in their own lives by listening to them and helping them see the light that lives within them and their loved
2: ones. What a gift his life was. Yeah, thank you. My last question is Publishers Weekly said of her. that he always encouraged others to follow their dreams, and he was deeply committed to treating others as he wished to be treated. So, you know, as we can expect tears to flow as Herman's life inspires them to be better, what do you mean and what do you believe it means to be better? What's, what are your closing thoughts for this interview about Herman?
1: I believe that when Publishers Weekly said that Herman inspired the readers to be better. It means inspired each person who reads of his life to look into themselves, to see their true nature, their essence, to let that light shine shine out into the world, to help others along their path,
2: to be fully human, I think. Is to be better. Thank you so much, Michelle. What a beautiful interview. Thank you. Really, thank you. How can people find the book and find you? I know you also um, you also do work as a speaker, but um, you're also a, a, are you a coach? Do you do coaching work? I'm a life coach
1: and I'm a spiritual director as well. So if anyone
2: wants to work with you, how can they find you and how can they find the book? Yes, they can go
1: to my website com, and they can find information about purchasing the book, Extraordinary, An End-of-Life Story Without End, They can purchase it on Amazon. Um, There are a variety of ways, including purchasing it through their bookstores. And um, I also do a lot of presenting at regional, national, and international conferences on healing, wholeness, happiness, and well-being.
2: Thank you so much, Michelle. It was really very special. Thank you, Patricia. All right. All right, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, uh, remember, each week we bring you another amazing author, experts, person who will inspire you right here on Patricia Raskin Positive Living on Voice America, America's Voice. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. You can write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com. Bye for now.